0: Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Training Room Talk. I'm John Herding here with Rob Rubina, Ray Carr, and Nick Perugini. And today we're going to talk about early specialization of sports for the youth athlete. Um, Rob, I know you you were very fired up in the uh, pre-podcast meeting.
0: Just a little bit. And go. So this, <laughs> I've, I've been in this for years, and I think this is such a great topic. Um, and I, I see both sides of the coin. So I, I think to answer this question, so if someone specialized in a sport, my answer is it depends on how old they are and how good they are at the sport. That's all I got for you guys. There you go. Right? No. Yeah. Um I you know, I, I think I so if if someone is is young, let's let's assume they're ten, eleven years old, twelve year old, right? They haven't really hit puberty yet. Um their body's still growing, changing, developing. Um, what should they do from an athletic standpoint? What should they do from a training standpoint, if at all, any training? Um, uh, should they play on a lot of different teams? Should they play a lot of different sports? Should they not lift weights? Is lifting weights bad for someone who's 12 years old? Um, you know, th- these are these are what's going through all these parents' heads. Um, but I think if you're – trying to develop um, specialty and a a skill, whatever the sport is, um, you have to first develop, I would think we would all agree with this, at least my opinion, is you have to develop skills from all different sports first. So I'm I'm of the belief that from a youth standpoint, do as many different sports as possible because it doesn't really matter how good you are when you're 12 years old. It really doesn't. What matters is that you're experiencing a lot of different things and having fun doing those things. Because, you one, you want to avoid burnout. You don't want your, your, your kid to be tired. Um, so that's, that's my initial thought is, you know, from the, from the youth standpoint is play as many sports as possible for as long as possible until it's time to specialize. Now that time will depend on a lot of different things, a lot of different factors for a lot of different people. Um, That can be high school. That can be, you know, you can be a, a junior in high school, be a two-sport stud athlete and excel at both. Well, that person hasn't specialized. They've played two sports and have done well at both. Um, you know, and vice versa. I've seen other people that have just played baseball in the past five years and are at the same level as that person that has played football. At so – I, you know, I don't think there's a right answer uh, from the Everyone's a little bit different. Um, I do believe this statement, though. If you are bad at something, you need to do more of it to get better at it. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, Yes, I would agree right. with that. Right. So wh- wh- what I mean by that exactly is, like, if you can't hit home runs, you know, and you need to hit home runs to excel in the sport of baseball, um, What's your plan of attack to learn to hit home runs? Is it play football or basketball in the winter? Or is it to learn how to hit home runs? You know what I mean? So, I, like, I, I, you know, I think that's when the specialization kind of starts. Is like when you're not good at something, then you start specializing. Does that make sense? So, I think that's my just initial thoughts are, from a youth standpoint, build the foundation of learning multiple sports. You know, you, you, you play – Soccer in the fall, what do you get from soccer? The aerobic conditioning, right? Footwork, the change of direction, um, you know, what do you get from playing basketball? You get more aerobic conditioning, more of intermittent type of training up and down the court, more vertical jumping, right? More plyometrics. And then what do you get from baseball? Well, bad things happen to your arm and elbow usually, but you learn how to play the sport and develop rotational power and and, you know, become... Very athletic swinging and bat um, so each sport provides different qualities to the athlete as they as they're developing um, and as they develop, you start to specialize in those qualities that you one you are good at one you have the body frame to do and three you, you the athlete wants to do it because they enjoy doing it so, yeah, I think I just, you guys better stop me well, I'm just trying to keep rambling. Well, so Rob, I have a question for you. So when do
1: you think kids should get involved in sport? Like should we play four-year-old soccer?
0: Or So it- I think that's a great question. I think that comes – I, I, I th- also believe that if they're schools are cutting recess. Schools are getting rid of activity. Kids are less active. No one's going outside and playing a catch or, you know, street hockey whatever it might be, right? Kids are less active nowadays. I think there's research on obesity, I'm sure that's out there that shows that, you know, kids are more overweight nowadays. So that tells me kids are less active. So if someone's less active, they're not getting it playing on themselves, they're not going to the playground, they're not playing pickup basketball, whatever it might be, there needs to be a form of structure to provide this kid the activity. Now, how old that is, what age that is, that depends on what the kid wants to do. Most kids want to have fun and, and play. So, but if they're not getting having fun and they're not playing, then it needs to be some form of, of structured games. So, uh, I don't know if that answers your question.
1: Um, I guess so. Sure. Um, well, because the reason I asked Rob is, um, you know, just watching my son who's closing in on four develop, like we're not going to throw him in sports right away because it's fun just watching him learn gross motor skills and out there in the backyard, throwing and kicking and playing tag with them. And, um, you know, I have to say, I think he's become pretty athletic because he's been able to explore and climb and kick and roll. And, um, you know, he's exploring these gross movement patterns that eventually, as he finds that he wants to get involved in sports for, you know, we'll put him in sports and let him figure out what sport he wants to play. But I think early on, initially, it's like learning gross movement patterns before you start to, you know, to me, maybe you you play multiple sports and then you start to specialize as you get into, you know, high school years would be optimal, probably. Um, I do think there's something to be said, though, and I have to think about it is, you know, if you really find that you like baseball and that's going to be your sport and you really suck at it, but you want to be good, like, what's so wrong with specializing in it as long as you're doing the right things to protect maybe your arm and your elbow as you, as you age and you work through certain developmental milestones and that kind of stuff. Um, So this is an age old question that people have been debating for decades and they're going to continue to debate for decades. Right. Um, But I do know um, what Nick, you sent me something the other day, like 30 of the 32 NFL first round draft picks were multi-sport athletes in high school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: I, you know, I, I love that stat, but I also think it's a little bit misguided, and, and especially because it's you know football. I mean, football obviously you can't play year-round, so you know obviously when you compare you know football to you know a sport like baseball where you've got the travel leagues and you got the AAU, you got the Legion, you got the high school, you know there there's opportunity. So you know obviously people who are playing football they have you know more freedom to play other sports in the off-season. Um, you know, the same thing goes for basketball, right? You can you can be in basketball leagues, you know, all year round, unlike um, football. But I think what it comes down to, and like Rob said, is you 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 need to if you need to if you need to improve in a skill, yeah, you're gonna get some great qualities and, and traits from your other sports and your off seasons. But to some extent, you need to find the threshold between, you know, finding a good amount of, of time spent for actually, for actually improving the skills of your sports, so like the, the motor skill acquisition. And then you need to balance that with, you know, the, the overuse or the over patterning. And, you know, really, you know, right now there's been a huge uptick in, you know, overuse type injuries, you know, you know, stress fractures and, and uh, and bony adaptations that, you're, that we're seeing in younger and younger ages. So, you know, always balancing on one side of the scale, you know, the, the amount of re- the minimal effective dose needed to improve the motor skill traits in your sport. And then on the other side, it's, you know, just understanding the, the patterning and the overuse and then, you know, combating that overuse with your off season, you know, sports ideally, as long as it's not taking away from your motor skill acquisition for that sport.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, the age-old question is, like, we all know this, right? But how do you translate that to parents and kids?
2: Well, I think it starts with
1: – it starts with, you know,
2: coaches at, at, you know, all levels need to look at their athletes, you know, as a human and not the athlete. You know, obviously – you know, obviously your coach is going to be dedicated to putting the best team out on the field and preparing the team the best that they can, you know, at, at any age – but I think it's like taking a step back and understanding that, you know, the athletes on your team are humans, you know, with lives who, you know, have to have the possibility of having orthopedic, you know, injuries and, and even, like, even mental burnout, those things later in life, if they're not encouraged to have fun when they go out on the field compete. Um, and compete. And the same thing goes for, for parents. Parents need to understand that there are consequences too. you know, playing baseball year round. And the chances that they're going to make it to the next level are pretty low.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my in my limited coaching experience, and we right out of college, I coached, you know, U8, U9, U10 travel, um, as well as high school. And they, um, you know, the club I was with, I was really lucky, like they emphasized skill development at an early age, right, versus versus winning. And and some parents didn't like that initially. Um, but I know after those kids went on to do well at not just soccer, but other sports. So I think, Um, you know, this is a whole nother podcast, but there has to be a general consensus. Like you said, Rob, like, you know, being being on a winning team at 12 year old, 12 years old means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like it's, it's fun at the moment, but when kids are, you know, under 12 years old, like they don't even know the score of the game half the time. So just going out there and allow them to develop the skills so they can learn the tactics later on in whatever sport they choose. Um, but that's you know a community effort, um, not just you know us you know preaching to the choir to the same people that listen to these things all the time. I heard I heard this other day. It's like you know the the best pitcher in
2: on a little league team, you know, usually is not the best pitcher when they get to high school. You know, by the time they graduate, and it and it could be to it could be due to you know, the, the, the overuse, right. The, the extra innings, the lack of pitch counts, whatever the case is. But I, I thought that was interesting and, and relatable to, you know, what, what Rob was saying there.
1: I think that happens in a lot of sports. Like I remember some of the, the best players ultimately at D1 scholarships from the teams I played on weren't necessarily the best when we were younger, but because of puberty, they grew into their bodies. They're the ones in the backyard working on skill development, like, you know, because they had to work for it a little bit harder than some of the more naturally gifted people maybe. Um, I think very rarely does a kid is the best on his youth team all the way up through high school, and then he's getting the scholarship. Um, Maybe in some of the elite of the elite, but um, most often I think that's probably not the case, right? Yeah, so um –
3: I mean, my main thing with this, uh, with this whole topic, I mean, you go on for days, I I think ultimately it's gotta be the athlete's choice. Uh, he's gotta be happy. gotta be engaged. Um, and want to, you know, want to participate in whatever sport that is, or if it's multiple sports. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, any certain sport or number of sports should be pushed on a kid. Um, it's just gotta come natural. Um, terms of like starting age, that's a great question. I think that's really interesting what you're doing, John. Um,
1: I mean, what's Carter three now days yeah, four in November, Four in November four. So, yeah. I mean, how early
3: are they starting to play?
1: Like I know soccer leagues and T-ball leagues are starting four and five. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but my struggle now is because there's not kids playing in the, you know, on the playground down the street or playing right. in the neighborhood like we used to like, if he's going to socialize with friends, or he he wants right. to go hang out with his friends, like you have to put him in a
3: league. Sure, you want that um,
1: social interaction um, helps build that competitive nature as well. Like we used to just throw together a team in the neighborhood, right, and play. Yeah, like that doesn't happen. So even if he wants to, the kids aren't around because they're in structured play or they're yeah. they're doing whatever. So, um, I mean, I just get out in the yard and play with him at this point.
3: Yeah, that's what you got to do. Um, I've heard, I mean, I've come, I came across this a while ago. I mean, it such a popular topic that like between the ages of six and 11 it's generally like the, you know, for motor control development, those are like, you know, critical years. So, you know, I mean, I think in terms of if you could have variability between those ages, um, with what the different sports offer in terms of coordination and different skill, uh, development, um, you know that might be optimal but it there's going to come that point whether it's you know because you're getting good or maybe you're not good uh where things are going to get narrowed down uh you're going to maybe want to specialize maybe you're not going to want to specialize but, uh it's going to vary on an individual basis
1: so um yeah that's kind of my thoughts i think make it fun like you know, like set up obstacle courses and and kids are really good at figuring things out, you know, at an early age. And I think it's, um, you hear this so often the foundation that you set in movement exploration early on is going to serve them better, um, as they move forward because once you get past those ages, right, like you said, where, you know, prime movement skills are developed, like you're not going to be able to explore movement, um, and, maintain those neural synapses going forward that help you exceed um, at higher levels, succeed at higher levels.
3: Yeah, I do find it interesting because the, in terms of specializing, I mean, you do see, you know, I mean, there's a high prevalence of burnout and I mean the, the repetitive overuse sort of injuries. Um, and I would actually say that the, the burnout Uh, could be more of an issue um, nowadays than anything else. I don't know. you guys have any thoughts on that? Have you seen that with, you know, any of the athletes you're
0: working with, Rob? Um, Yeah, I see that a lot in the baseball world. Um, Athletes just get tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Um, And they're not having fun. And I think that's important from a training perspective, where if you have someone that has an athletic goal throw harder, you hit the ball further, whatever it might be, you know, make sure they're, they're having fun in the gym because you, you don't know what their sport and where they're at from a mental standpoint of, hey, like do I want to keep playing baseball? Do I want to keep coming to the gym four or five times a week just to like maybe have a shot at playing college baseball someday? Um, so I, I've seen that a lot where a lot of players enter that like sophomore, junior age of high school baseball, they're decent. They're okay. I think they just get tired of just trying so hard and they realize, hey, like, I'm not going to make it, you know? I don't know if that's burnout or just, like, realizing, like, hey, like, they're not that good. Um, So I definitely think I've seen that before, and it's it's tough to see. It's hard to deal with. And, you know, I think from an athlete's standpoint, they um, find other means to keep them happy, keep them healthy, and keep them active, whether it's exercise, you know, whatever it might be.
1: Well, that's that's where you're like you keeping it fun with, and you see this more and more in some gyms. Like um, they're playing, people are playing tag to warm up or spike ball to warm up. Like instead of going through like your typical dynamic warm up, like you're developing skills and keeping it fun and competitive with you know, like game based warm ups, right? Um, And I know I've seen it become kind of a standard in tournament. Like people come in looking forward to play spike ball before their workout, and they'll play for um hours before they even work out like to be a kid with all that time in the summer um yeah it's funny you
3: say that I remember like uh, where I used to train growing up uh guy was uh, he helped us out ex pro baseball player I remember first time we worked with him he tossed the basketball in the middle of this gym and said all right we're gonna play four on four let's get warmed up and <laughs> that movement yeah, from that point on it was you know I think it was definitely my it was almost like my you know, the best part of, you know, going in and working out with them, you know, was that just, you know, introductory little four-on-four game.
2: So, yeah. Yeah, cool. there's a um, – you know, and it's funny, like, you know, we always talk – we're talking a lot about, you know, specialization and, you know, how, how it can be harmful. And then, you know, you always want to also on as – a, as a coach and physical therapist, you, you, you want to support an athlete that's trying to be great, right? You, you need to support an athlete that wants to be a champion. And I think it's, it's, I think it's important to you know, be able to understand that and not just you know, put the brakes on someone, you know, when, when you realize that, you know, an athlete in front of you is, is taking this very seriously. And I think it becomes even more a responsibility, you know, to you know, the coach, the physical therapist, the parent, that they support them on their journey and provide them with, you know, great resources and great education to keep them healthy, you know, to keep them motivated, you know, from a, a mental standpoint. You know, and to keep them physically, you know, safe on that journey. If if they are, you know, set on becoming a champion, set on specializing in their sport.
1: Yeah, and and I think what you and Ray have both said, like it should just come down to what the athlete wants to do. Like Kobe Bryant wasn't a multi-sport athlete. He, he you know, shadow dribbled in his driveway for hours a day, right? Yeah. Um, and he had that different mindset um, where he might've played soccer, Ben Simmons. I mean, he, yeah. he needed five or six sports anyway, but I, you know, I, I think it should just come down to what, you know, maybe if I'm summarizing a little bit, what the athlete wants to do and then supporting their journey and helping to guide them to make sure, like if they want to specialize from, you know, six, you know, the age of six on, like, how can we support them? So they're not overloading movements and they're right. able to develop well-rounded skills. Um, and and we shouldn't push them into doing things where when it starts to become a chore, like take a season off, play something else, try something else. Um, and maybe they come back to it, maybe they don't, but at least we're supporting, um, you know, long term health and um, sustainable, um, you know, movement patterns going forward so that we can help, you know, guide healthy habits moving forward. All right, guys. Thank you again. Another episode of Training Room Talk. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.